There he is. Yeah. Good? That's much better. Okay. Background noise is not too much. Echo. It's perfect. It's perfect. Where are you? I'm in New York. You're in New York. Queens. Nice. That's is it cold? Nice. Yeah, it's it's cold. I'm at my uh, my my parents' place at my home studio. Very nice. Yeah, my, my my new my place with my new studio is being redone. So So that's where you are temporarily. Yeah. Very nice. How are you? It's been a long time. Good. Um happy. Uh busy, but overall very good. Yeah, you're non-stop. Literally. It's, basically, yeah. But this this month has been a little bit slower, though. It's been like, uh, in comparison to the previous months, it's been slower on the touring side, but much busier on the admin side. You know, yeah. January is the month of paperwork, reconciliation, taxes, and whatnot. All the fun stuff. Yeah, the stuff we hate. But yeah. also music as well. You know, I've been producing um, a good bit here. So I got you in the in a good month then, because otherwise it'll be, it's hard to pin you down. We've been trying to do this for ages. <laughs> yeah. This is a good time to message me for meetings. Yeah, now is the time. Now is the time. Oh, it's nice to see you anyway. I'm so glad that we finally made it happen and find a day to do it. Yeah, same. Um. So this podcast is like a dive into different people in the music industry's career background life um so as uh all stories go we start from the very beginning so i would love to start off just by talking about um where your love for music came from and how music was involved in your life as a uh, uh a child um, music was involved in my life as a child through, I think, I think my parents, general radio. I grew up in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, um, in the eighties, nineties, late eighties, I was born then. And, uh, yeah, I would say radio was, was a means of, of, uh, entertainment back mm -hmm. in Haiti. So we, I would always listen to the radio on the way to school. And there would be, Haiti is like kind of unique in the sense that it's a very multicultural place, given that it's in the Caribbean, right next to the U.S. So there's a lot of U.S. influence, but jointly, it's also very influenced by French culture, given that it was a French colony at some point. So in Haiti, you have a mixture of French, Haitian music, compas, U.S. rap. So basically, you have a global odd view on, on music and culture. Mm. Going to school, I used to listen to a very wide playlist of, of songs. So I think that that's what sparked my interest in, in variety and trying to mix genres and be interested in different cultures. Yeah. But did you always know that you wanted a career in music? Um, I didn't know. I, I, I had some moments where there was like a piano at home and mm. somehow there was like a kid's book on how to make chords, right? Yeah. So you press three notes and you press another note and you press this note and suddenly a melody happens. And I played that 
you know, based on the what was written in the book. And I was like, wow, this sounds amazing. That was my only interaction with an instrument. Because growing up, my parents were very pro formal education. Mm. So mathematics, you know, the 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 languages. They they it was I didn't grow up in a household that was um receptive of music musicians or thinking musicians being a musician was was like a career of its own. Everybody, you know, we were supposed to either be doctors or engineers or something, right? <laughs> and then there's a DJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean the DJ the DJ aspect came quite late. Mm. Uh, starting the age of like 18. Uh, when I came to the U.S., I went to my first few concerts and I saw the actual DJs that I was following on YouTube. And I was like, I, I have to try this. It was, Who were you following on YouTube? I used to watch Tiesto videos. Did you? Yeah, Tiesto, Armin Van Buren. There was this artist called ATB back then. Mm -hmm. they, they were really huge. Tiesto had a... Um, an album compilation called In Search of Sunrise. Yeah. I was a big fan of those. It, it, it wasn't EDM. It wasn't trance. It was, I would say, Deep House. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And yeah, I was a big fan. And there was this track by, by ATB in like the early 2000s called Ecstasy. Uh-huh. That was like a big inspiration for me. Yeah, and when yeah. I saw ATB live in New York... For the first time at at Crowbar, I think it was Mansion or something. Crowbar, yeah. I wasn't even of age. I was like seventeen, with a Haitian fake ID. With a fake ID. Yeah, of course, because uh, growing up in Haiti, you know, you, you had like this. I, the driver's license were kind of like a piece of paper. So. Oh really? I, yeah. So I think we made a photocopy and she Photoshop. Just that was it. But yeah, we, we attended, I attended a lot of shows since the age of, of 14, 15. I went to all the big clubs, Webster Hall, Pro Bar back then. Mm. How was old were time. you when you moved to New York? Um, When I moved to New York, it was quite late. I moved to New York at the age of uh, 24, but I, oh. I, was living in, I was living in Providence. I moved to the U.S. Oh, first. okay, okay, okay. So I moved to Providence from the age of 18. To go to university okay um, and from there i studied i studied my, i was studying mathematics but i used to travel to new york every weekend for for the nightlife you were studying mathematics yeah actually finished i i i, I graduated with a degree in applied mathematics and economics wow nice but as soon as that was done i was like okay i'm continuing my dj nightlife venture that's how i'm going what other jobs yeah, I mean, have you had? Um, I never had a job throughout okay. my entire life because when I moved to the U.S. for the first year, my parents were supporting me. Second year was kind of the same, but I started getting into DJing. Mm. And very quickly, I did my first frat party. I think I got paid like 500 bucks. I was like, what? This is insane. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I did a bunch of frat parties. I always think it's wild that people actually like. I won't ever see them on movies. I, I always think it's actually crazy that there are actually like big parties like that. Like yeah, parties. it's like 
300 kids, kegs, <sighs> kegs of beer being popped. <laughs> like, uh, who was it recently that went and played at one? Was it, was it Dylan? I think Parton's it was Dumdala. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Dumdala. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what? I played frat parties. I played a lot of frat parties in, uh, at Brown, where I studied. And, um, very quickly, I got a little bit tired of them. So I was like, okay, I need to like go and do like more classy parties. Yeah. Because frat parties, they always want like Sandstorm followed by <laughs> the biggest rap record and 50 Cent. And then it's just like, yeah. So yeah, I mean, we, we managed. It was a good time though. But from there, I, I moved to, I, I moved on to performing in like lounges. Yeah. And I went to, I used to go to the lounge and I used to tell them like, listen, if you let me perform, I'm going to bring all the kids. It's going to be like a big party here. I'm like, okay, fine. You can play. Here is Thursdays. Here are Thursdays. You can be the DJ on Thursday. This is your booking fee. Make sure the place is busy. And yeah, I used to go around, promote, get all the kids to come out. They were a success. So I used to do it like bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. And from there, I understood the game of, of promoting. Oh. And I was like, okay, now I've done enough of Providence. We need to go to New York. New York, so, baby. Yeah, when I got to New York, you know, initially I I, I was a promoter just to get my feet wet, just a sub promoter, just a street team, street team promoter, right? What was your event called? Um, I had an event planning company called Privé Event Planning, yeah. Mm. And we used to, I used to sub promote for bigger promoters, just ticket reselling and whatnot just to get access to the clubs and be able to get in without paying a cover charge and kind of like get to see the club and understand it. And from there, you know, I, I told the the head promoter, hey, let me get a shot. Can I play music? And we're like, yeah, sure. So bit by bit. And afterwards, from understanding that, then I went to some really small bars, lounges, like fancy bars, fancy lounges in the Upper East Side. And I would tell them like, hey guys, you know, I can help you increase your revenue. Mm. Let me throw a party here. I'll be the DJ and I will throw a party. So very quickly, I started throwing parties like at all sorts of like small lounges and bars for about two, three months. And people got the gist of it. And, you know, um, other bigger clubs said, hey, we hear this kid is like throwing some parties here and he has like a crowd, 100, 200 people. Let's give him a shot to play a bigger club. So I got like an opportunity to play like some side rooms and bigger clubs. And yeah, from there, it's, it's, it went really fast and kind of developed my, my event planning company and I developed mm-hmm. my brand. And my event planning company became really big to the point where we were talent buying and overseeing every single Friday at this rooftop, like a 800-person rooftop club called Sky. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was doing that while in college so i was booking djs making flyers organizing logistics being the dj sometimes at some point i had to stop djing Mm. because i had to finish my school right so they were like yeah because the 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 curriculum was quite challenging so after having um yeah some difficult time they were like listen man you actually have to focus here yeah otherwise we're gonna kick you out so i had to settle down and like buckle up and actually 
spent two years of straight focus on my curriculum and my studies. And I managed to finish. And upon finishing, I was like, okay, now I'm a free person. I've accomplished my parents' wishes, which I, I thank them because uh -huh. this, gave, this gave me like a very strong um, analytical background, very strong sense of business and yeah. capacity to, you know, run a business on my own and kind of like be able to juggle multiple projects at the same time and accomplish something challenging. Yeah. Helped my confidence a lot being able to finish my studies and go through the entire procedure versus coming and being a DJ and getting walked over without any experience or knowledge. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There there'll be like be life lessons forever that mm -hmm. you can use. So uh, after finishing my studies, I um I uh yeah, I, I started DJing full time a lot in New York, throwing parties a lot. I threw a lot of shows. I used to book Bedouin, I used to book uh chain smokers. Wow. When they, were, when they were much smaller. When is this? What year are we talking about? 2010, 2011, 2012. Okay. Up until 2014, I was like, listen, I've DJed everywhere. It's been a lot of partying, <laughs> a lot of drinking. I think we need to like calm down here. So what well, calm down instead of doing the events, you mean? Yeah, instead of doing the events, let, let's try and like admit my DJ career. Okay. So I was like, I actually need to start producing records. Because, so then you got more into the studio. Yeah, I I not I got into the studio. Because I was always pondering about the idea when I was in college because I had other friends of mine that were from Haiti and that exploded on the scene, that started making music and that, you know, connected with Dirty. I had a friend of mine, his name is Michael Boyer. He uh, he started making records with Dirty South. He was playing, he started doing bootlegs that mm -hmm. Axwell, Swedish House Mafia was playing. So his profile blew up, right? Meanwhile, I was like, DJing every night and I couldn't really get bigger shows. Yeah. So I was always pondering about I need to get into the studio, but you know, equipments, laptops were extremely expensive back then for a student. Yeah. Forget about plugins and like, you know, uh DAWs, the digital audio you know, instrument to make music, it's just impossible to purchase. Yeah. Even to crack, I, I was like always afraid. What if I crack it? And next thing you know, I get a virus in my computer and I can't <laughs> do my homework, you know? Oh, so, yeah, that was the homework to think about. Yeah, of course. So I was yeah. like, okay, let me just keep doing my DJing. And yeah, when I finished, I, I had some time actually. Then after raising some capital, I went to some seminars. I learned how to produce music since 2014. And I've started making records. I think my first record was a success. And uh, 2014, I released an Italian label called uh, Musical Noise. Uh-huh. Yeah, it did really well in B-Port. Still exists. Still exists? It. Yeah, it's called it's called Waiting For. Waiting For? Yeah. And then roll on. So that was 2014. So 10 years later. Yeah, I've done, I've done two different kinds of music. Waiting For was Deep House. Then I did Tropical House. I did a track called Running with the sax, you know, like Kygo style. Yeah. yeah. Then afterwards, I was like, okay, let's do some Future House, like Oliver Heldon style for some time. 
because I, I never wanted to do EDM. I always wanted to be house deep, mm-hmm. but there were, the market was way too small for that. So I had to like go on some tangents. Yeah. Tropical, future house. Then I did tech house for but some did time. You all, do, do, you, do you feel like you went to do them just because the, they were, the others were too saturated or did you actually generally really like producing that type of music? I, 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 I felt just that that's what I liked. I, I originally liked Deep House, very melodic, similar yeah. to In Search of Sunrise. Yeah. But there was just no market for that. Yeah. If you were making music like that, you just wouldn't be able to gig, especially in New York. Mm. And if you were to find, you know, so everybody was like, we want EDM. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do EDM. I would do house that's aggressive, like future house. Yeah. House that's melodic, like tropical house. That feels like it was at least accepted. There was a market, a demand for it. It would, would have been impossible to do this dreamy deep house of In Search of Sunrise and 2024, 2014 in New York. Yeah. It's just no Wonderful. market for that kind of music. There was a market for that kind of music, maybe in Europe. Maybe that's when All Day I Dream, Lee Burridge started. But yeah, that's yeah. a niche community. There would I would not know where to begin and how to contact these people. I feel like you would have to be dressed in like Tulum outfits. And like And have a, like, ca- have a cape. <laughs> yeah, otherwise there's no chance for even to be considered by this label, you know? yeah i tried to reach out to them a few times and you had no response they always turned down my tracks pass 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 yeah i think you need to buy a cape that's it yeah you need to buy probably (laughs) but um that was a good experience i mean and from doing all of this kind of music you know during the pandemic i had some time to like really rethink things through refocus and i was like let, let me try i was listening to some afro house back then i was like who is this guy black coffee what 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 is this music so i discovered afro house yeah pandemic. and yeah so i was like okay let me give it a shot on some records and it, it you know it worked it worked i was i was right ahead it's of definitely the, worked yeah ahead of the curve ahead of the explosion yeah like your your name, like especially like the last couple of years, just exploded, and you're just everywhere, like literally. And you know, what I love like when I see when I see like your videos on Instagram and stuff. Like, there's pure energy and happiness with the people that are around you. Like you, a lot of the shows that you play are really like have like a lot of people surrounded around you in the booth, right? You know how some DJs will play and they don't like to have people around them. You obviously love that and having that, that all of them people around you. And like, I don't know, you just, like every time I see you play, just like, it is just pure joy and happiness and energy and just everyone comes together. It's so nice. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's been, um, we, we've done a lot of amazing shows, but I can tell you like, it's not just because I'm that special. It's also the people that come to my shows, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all all takes part of it. Yeah, the music, the the music that I create and the people that it attracts are really cool. You know, it's the right audience, it's the right fan base, people that are there for the music and yeah, and there for happiness and enjoyment. Yeah, you you can see that. And 
of course, my character is always welcoming, so it works really well. I remember you telling me once that you try and organize football games like wherever you travel to. Yeah, we've done we've done that. <laughs> do you still do that? Um, a little bit less because my left knee is not the strongest right now. That's but, all that uh, dancing on the DJ booth that you do. Yeah, jumping up and down, you know. <laughs> my left knee only something happened. Yeah. No, I think it's it's a bit of wear and tear because I've been playing football for like. 25 30 years like a long time you know like yeah 25 years yeah so since i was a very little kid you know so i think after all these years you know my body's like you gotta slow down huh slow down but but i'm, I'm seeing uh an orthopedist in, in uh and uh on monday so i think i'm gonna get like maybe a shot or something just so i could like you could get back in yeah, because I still, I still, I still go running, but I, you know, yeah. I, the, the soccer can be a little bit intense because it's a lot of stopping and going quickly. Oh yeah, so I forgot. We've well, done quite some, quite some games. I've played games in Casablanca, in Paris, in Cairo, a lot in Cairo, and um, all over the U.S. So yeah, it's I always meet new people. It's been quite the ride. That's what I was just going to say. I think that's really nice because it makes you meet people outside of a club as well and like different yeah. people. It's nice. I, I And I try to do, I try to do like meet and greets for when I play like a really big show in like the biggest markets, like in Marrakesh and Beirut. Mm. In London, Paris, I try to always do like a meet and greet, a merch giveaway just to connect with the fans on a more personal level outside of like, you know, the dark room. That's nice. I like that. What's the weirdest thing you've ever been given? Um, uh, I yeah, that's a tricky question. <laughs> I, I've been given like some some shirts that are just fashionably off, just really <laughs> bad You're that I would just right. never wear, and I'm like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but I'll frame this. The shirts are like really, I would never wear. They're like way too short. They're like belly shirts. Not like what? Like <laughs> size? So just with a strange cut, you know? But um, the meet and greets and the giveaways, I, I typically do the giveaway. I don't really receive much. Sometimes, but most of the time, I'm the one who's giving out merch or things. But recently, we did a, a nice meet and greet. And some some people came to meet me at the airport. Um, mm. when I landed in Marrakesh, I saw they, they surprised me with uh, something called Tritikat. It's basically dancers and like um, singers that are at the airport to greet guests. I don't know, but they just came with these guys, these with traditional Moroccan performers, drummer, vocalists, and they surprised me. And I was like, what, what is because it was kind of strange. I had lost my suitcase that day. Like, Iberia misplaced my suitcase, left it in uh, Madrid. I was in my kitchen. I'm like, get out, Iberia. Guys, for real. And then I was like looking for it. So I was took an hour to get out of the airport. I get out of the airport. I see all these people waving. Uh, and I see, uh, <laughs> and the Trinity Cat comes and surprises me. It was nice. I liked it. That's nice. I'm sure that must have cheered you up after having your suitcase go missing. Yeah, 100%. 100% it cheered me up cheered me up a bit yeah what's the music scene like in Haiti 
Um, it's very diverse, as I mentioned. It's People still would... like that today. Well, I mean, I mean more like the elect- like dance music scene. The dance music scene is not that big. No, it's it's not that big. There's a niche community for it. Yeah. But the, the the biggest scene is you know compa traditional Asian music compa. Um, there's Gaga that's also really big. They have like two subgenres of music in Haiti, and uh, you know you have the influence of the U.S. So yeah. the big rap, R&B, trap, all the big pop records they they cross over to Haiti. Do you go back a lot? Unfortunately, not. Um, it's been a sad situation, but the the there's a lot of insecurity mm. and the political political situation isn't the best mm. with all the poverty so it's it's not really the safest um to visit at this moment um nonetheless i've been two years ago and i really had an amazing time for the first time i performed in haiti wow how did how was that that was something that was actually one of my first performances before everything exploded really yeah, I was uh, booked by my friends at Deep House Bible. Uh-huh. And it was the, one of the best shows of 2022. Did you have, like, close friends and family and people? That you yeah, close friends and family see? and just the environment, you know, the weather, mm. the, the decor, the ambience, the energy. People were like ready to go you know yeah and it was really warm and humid just the way i like it haiti is known to be very humid and and hot so i felt in my environment right and it was a great show i had an amazing time oh that's so nice i thought that was such a special moment yeah i i really loved it and then the next day i woke up went to take a swim and yeah and then i went off to the airport Back to New York. Back to New York. And then you said that that was one of the, one of the last shows before everything like blew up. Yeah, before everything blew up. Because right after the show, I think some promoters saw the show on social media because Deep House Bible had like strong Instagram. So they posted the videos, everybody raging because it was like a sunrise party. Nice. And the next day we got a request for some place in Santo Domingo. So I was like, okay, okay. we want you to play, we want you to play New Year's in Santo Domingo. I was like, oh, I have my own show in New York <laughs> because I had a show scheduled. I was producing my own show in New York, my own New Year's party, and I was supposed to play it. And you didn't I didn't play say it. anything. I just left. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, just nobody knows. Just Francis... Where was free? Ah, you know, you missed it. You must have been drinking too much. He's in Santo Domingo. <laughs> no, nobody knew because I, I didn't say anything on social media. I didn't tell any, anyone. I just took the plane and I was out. Uh, <laughs> because, um, yeah, we, we had a bunch of people that purchased tickets. I wasn't that big of a DJ back then. I was just coming up. But friends, people purchased tickets and they were expecting to see me. And I'm like, yo, I'm not feeling too well. <laughs> But meanwhile, I was actually performing in Santo Domingo. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you, and it was a good show, you know, it was a sunrise show. And from there, I went to Tulum with no gigs, just to go see the town and kind of like meet people. Yeah. 
and some gigs came along out of nowhere and it just escalated mm. and the music started playing my songs then what if black coffee started playing the music it was like a big time i was like what what is going on <laughs> so it was really real blessing i, I had that i can say that my profile took a turn in tulum in tulum do you think that that's where that's yeah, the turning like point amazing shows the social media everybody was just like locked in they saw it and and right after i came to new york things were different you know pr promoters were like okay because that's when that's when everybody was coming out of covid yeah so everybody was just like oh we don't know and going to tulum as a dj was like the thing to do because that's the only place you could really dj so i didn't go during covid but i went right as covid was ending and I still graduated from Tulum. So when I came back to New York, <laughs> the motors were like, okay, this is like the Tulum man, you know? <laughs> so after two, three weeks in Tulum, they were like, all right, we, 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 he's graduated. He's proven yeah. himself. Another reason to buy a cape. Tulum. Yeah, no, I kid you not. <laughs> and after doing that, I was like, okay, the promoters are like, okay, here's an offer. We want you to come play. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Like yeah, and then from there, I got a booking request in in uh, Madrid and Paris, and it just just went like that. Because I saw you, we met in Egypt, right? In, uh, yeah, in the summer of twenty twenty two. In the August. summer of twenty twenty two, and I yeah, I remember yeah, because that we met through our friend, lovely Amina. Yeah. Um. And that was a sunrise set as well. You do you, you do a lot of sun sunrise parties, don't yeah. you? Is that your yeah. thing? That is my thing. It's an illness, <laughs> trust me. And that show, I think Timbo was playing as well. Yes. He was like, he was like, okay, you know, at like 5 a.m. I gotta go to the airport. I have a booking in Barcelona. He missed his flight. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. That was a fun show though. That place is amazing. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. I, I've been back. I know, I saw you've been back. And that was even crazier. Really? Yeah. I was like, that it was, was like completely rammed till sunrise. And then the next thing is, I literally landed at 11 p.m. And you went straight to the venue. And I had to drive to the North Coast two hours. Got to the hotel at one o'clock. One thirty, I had to be out of my room. No sleep, just shower. There was a friend of mine came to meet me with some merch, so he gave me some clothes, and I just changed and went straight to the club with my suitcase because right after the club, I had to go straight to the airport at six. Did you make your flight? Yeah, I made I made my flight. Yeah, my tour manager was like. I was like, okay. Bye. The minute the sun came, I played Egyptian sun, then I bounced. And then you're out. Yeah, and I, it was really bad because um, the airport in Alexandria. Yeah. Really tough. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. That, that, that is crazy. You go through, like, security, like, 20 times. Yeah. It's basically. mad. Yeah, it was kind of like, and I'm like, guys, 
there's nothing here. What do you want from me? We have to still check. And I'm like, okay. It's an intimidating uh, airport. Yeah. And then the worst part is after entering the airport, no AC. Oh, no. It's like 9 a.m. Egyptian no. sun hitting the, the glass because oh. it's a huge glass. And it's hot. I'm talking like hot. And I didn't sleep for like two days. This and you've been like, drinking. No, 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 no drinking. Okay. We stopped that. <laughs> Otherwise, are I you not drinking? Do you not drink now? Not at shows. When when I'm touring with back to back shows like that, no way. Have you always been like that, or is there a point where you're like, oh, I'm gonna stop? Even when we saw each other, I, I wasn't drinking. Well, you didn't have a beer with me. Maybe one. <laughs> I think I actually know we had a beer at the hotel. Yeah, maybe much. one because you know, but considerably stopped, uh, slowed down in 2022. 2023 was just like no way. Yeah, I want to talk about 2023 actually. Um, you sold out nearly 150 shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you played shows that you on Instagram that you said that were dream shows for you: Burning Man, Coachella, Tomorrowland, Space, Miami, eleven releases. Like when you when you sit back now and think and look back on it does it feel like a bit of a, like a whirlwind of a year or did it go really quickly how do you feel now when you sit back yeah it goes really quickly um to be honest with you the more you do the more you want to achieve um yeah. it's kind of crazy i'm still not satisfied really yeah i have like a lot of hunger just more that's good more and more and more and hungry more. so I'm, I'm definitely proud of this leap and what i've been able to accomplish but I'm definitely working really hard to try and achieve more. Because mm. you can never feel like, you know, I've been there, I've achieved. That shouldn't ever exist. There's always something else you didn't do. There's always a DJ you didn't contact. There's always a show you wish you could have played. Mm. Trust me. And you never want to be on the sidelines. So, yeah, you always want to do more. You always want to push. You always want to reach new heights. What's at the top of your list? To be honest with you, releasing records that were as big as the one I've released. Mm-hmm. That's my only dream. So if I no... can do that, it's going to be You're happy. okay. Yeah, because one thing I can say is, you know, I released a lot of records, but the most performing songs like City, like Premier Gao, yeah, that's going to be difficult to outdo. Yeah, but it's doable and you want to do it, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm trying. I'm releasing records after records. I'm focusing in the studio. I have, like, 20 tracks right now. It's like... Wow, really? 20? Yeah, I have a lot of tracks. Uh, You know, I'm not going to release all of them. Only the best will see the the day of light. But, like, I'm testing all the tracks. I'm producing a lot. I'm I'm coming up with ideas. Because, you know, you, you can't... You, you always have to try you always have to do your best and it's not easy it's extremely challenging you know to succeed as an artist in this day and age you have to be at the top of the top that actually was leads me to my next question I was going to say to you what do you think has been the most challenging part of your career so far for me it's just being able to compete with myself interesting being able to outdo what I've done, 
being able to stay, you know, yeah, yeah. being just, it's not easy. Yeah. And what about then in terms of, of festivals and gigs, like you have played like at the top places. Is there anything that you still like, where have you not played yeah, or want course. to play at the top of your list? I want to play... I want to play bigger shows in Madrid. I want to play like Brunch in the Park. I want to play, you know, potentially High Ibiza. Uh-huh. Um, maybe Tomorrowland Europe one day. But yeah, other than that, I think I'm okay. Well, I'm sure that will all come. I'm really yeah, sure hopefully. that it's definitely going to come for you. Hopefully, hopefully. But realistically, um, yeah, I think, you know, everything should come. Just got to keep going step by step. Yeah. But definitely, I'm excited. I know there's a lot coming up that hasn't been announced, but we have some big surprises for London, for for Paris. Yeah. for I, I want to break into certain markets. I want to play in Italy. I played in, in Sardinia, but I like to play in, like, Milan or Rome. Yeah. I want to be able to, yeah, access certain markets like brazil argentina i haven't played there in argentina <clears throat> never been i hear yeah. it's really good yeah i've never been to argentina either but um there's yeah. just so many th there's just like now it's just, the industry is just growing so so quickly there's so many options so many festivals so many clubs there's always but I have my go-to i know i know i'm excited for burning man are you going back there. to Birmingham Man this year then? Because sure, sure. it was your hopefully first I, time. Hopefully I can be stuck in the mud this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it rained bad, didn't it? Yeah, but I, I, I loved it. I wanna be I wanna go back. It's it's done it's brought a lot, you know, for me. You played out Diplo. Of all, out of all the shows I played in America, this was a hundred percent the best one. Really? In Why? America. In America. Why? I'm just better audience, you know. People are more educated. They understand mm. the underground music a lot more versus, you know, um, in, just a big city, yeah. in a big city, people are like more leaning towards the commercial. They don't really understand what you're doing. Some people do, but at Burning Man, everybody understands the music, you know. People are really there, the vibe. Like I played a sunrise set um, at Fluffy Cloud is a camp that was just mental insane yeah is that what with... you played with diplo no no yeah i played with diplo i played i played by myself then with diplo then by myself then with ziggs bantuini then with shimza oh wow then by myself it was like it was like a 10 hour set a 10 hour set that's like how long yeah. you played for is that your longest ever set? Um, one of them. That's so ten hours is a bit. I think nine hours. We we got there at like midnight and we left at nine. Nine hour set. Yeah. Wow. I never been to Burning Man actually. I will never know. Yeah, I always. I don't know. You should. Yeah, maybe I should put that. On be, be ready to eat dirt. Yeah. <laughs> not shower for five and not days. Not shower for five days. <laughs> survive. But yeah. I don't know. There's you can shower, but it's the most important thing about you can shower. You 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 can you 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 develop a sense of resilience 
develop the capacity to realize you can do more than you think you could. Yeah. But you can survive on your own. You don't need, there are many things you don't need. Yeah, so, I like that. But having toured all over the world, I kind of already had this mindset. Yeah. But for someone who always had the comfort, who lives in the big city, who always had amenities, it's probably like life-changing experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's what everybody for, says. Yeah, for me, you know, I grew up in Haiti. Like, I've been through times where, you know, our resources were very scarce. I've traveled all over the world, like, you know, from Africa to Middle East. And I've had to, like, learn to survive with the bare minimum. Mm. So I, I was kind of, like, framed with that mindset. Yeah. But still, Burning Man was another level. I know what you mean, though, for other people that that come from big cities, that it's probably a, a big eye-opener. Yeah. So to finish off the podcast, I have a last question and a quick round of five questions. The last question is, because the podcast is called Can You Put Me On Guest List? Do you have a guest list rule? Um. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I mean, I have some some rules, some tips to to get on the guest list. Okay. If you like come, if you if you come meet me at the airport, you will get on the guest list with some type of performance. <laughs> what did you say? With some type some type of performance. Yeah. If you wait for me, and figure out what my flight is and get a hold of me. At the airport, you will 100% be backstage with me. So if you see me coming to your city, just camp at the airport until I arrive. Get a hint of all the flights that are inbound and just wait there. With a sign. Yeah, with a sign. Yeah, with a sign or when you recognize me. Run. I love that. Yeah. I hope people actually go and do that now. Yeah, that's, that's, I, we've done, they've been doing that some places, but yeah. That's your pro tip. Okay. That's my pro tip. Around or, or better or yet, offer me a gift. If you offer me a gift, say, hey, you know, Francis, I have a bracelet I want to give you, or I, I made this t-shirt for you, or, you know, I was listening to your new song, Voyage Voyage, and I came up with this drawing. Here's, okay, we could give you guess this. It has what to size? be. What size t-shirt are you then? Just so people know, because obviously some people have got it wrong. Large and extra large. I feel like it has to be like, you can't just ask. Yeah. That has you want to be guest list, be like, hey, listen, what's up, man? I want to be in your guest list. I'm going to bring you a gift. What gift? Well, I'm going to bring you this and that. Okay, cool. Like, yes, we will put you in the guest list. But random people, hey, here's my picture on Instagram. I need to be in the guest list. I'm like, <laughs> we met? We one, you don't even follow me. Two, I don't even know who you are. Like for what? You know, but basically people have the nerve. They just yeah. like they don't even follow the DJ and they ask for guests. And I'm like, what if somebody brings you food? Yeah, food is good. What food? What's your favorite food? You have to be creative. You gotta be creative. But okay. food, maybe before the show, 
probably not at the show. Maybe a snack, a snack, you know, that can be good. Yeah. This leads me into my my uh, quick fire questions because the first question is, what is your favorite studio snack? Uh, granola bars. Granola bars. What is a festival that everyone should experience? Burning Man, if we call it a festival. What was the last thing that you Googled? Uh, it's a tricky question. Um, can't remember. I can't remember. I could search. History. Um, I wouldn't be able to. I think it's it's uh it's uh probably what I was searching last night. It's some sport related um question. What football team do you support? Uh, typically, national Brazil. Brazil. Yes. Why? Because um, Brazil is part of the Americas. And growing up and back in the day, Brazil was like the country representing the Americas. Okay. And most importantly, it was the only country with people of color that were in the semifinals and the finals and whatnot in the early 1950s. So in Haiti, people developed an obsession with Brazil. Mm. So growing up, it's huge in Haitian culture. The national team to follow is Brazil because they always represent the Americas. They represent people of color. Obviously, you have all the African countries, but in the 1950s, the African countries never reach mm-hmm. anything above qualification, you know? Makes sense. So Brazil was like the, the team. yeah, the team for Haitians. And that's been a custom that people has have adopted to this day. What about UK football team? Uh uh club team? Yeah, typically players that have typically teams that have strong Brazilian players. But over the years I've developed uh I, I really like Manchester United. Okay. I think they inspired me when they overcame um, Bayern, Bayern Munich in yeah. the final. I think it was in 1998 or 99. Yeah. That was something. That was something. Okay. So I still have the memory in my mind. You're a big football fan, aren't you? Yeah. The, the Red Devils. That, the Red those Devils. Are, <laughs> yeah over the years and obviously I've I've appreciated other teams like you know Manchester City I've appreciated um Arsenal but I'm not a big fan of UK teams per se okay okay that's fine I I, I prefer teams like Juventus teams like Barcelona Madrid or better yet yeah I, I like the PSG at some point when they had oh, yeah. Neymar but unfortunately, the team failed me multiple times. So you're out. Sad story. <laughs> what is a club everyone should go to? A nightclub? I think club space in Miami. Yes, great answer. What was the last thing that you screenshot on your phone? I think a song. A song. 
What was the last yeah. thing that you bought online? Um, workout briefs. Workout briefs. Okay. What? Yeah, workout underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Is that actually a thing? Workout underwear. Yeah, of course. Like spandex <laughs> to run, to sweat. You know, oh, so okay. I could <laughs> go to the gym while I'm while I'm on tour. <laughs> okay. Um, what are you having for dinner tonight? Probably salmon. Salmon. Yeah, salmon. Yeah. Very nice. And I like, finally, I like, I like salmon. me too. I love it too. You can get in the studio with anybody. Who would it be? Uh, Adele. Oh, great answer. Actually, somebody said that yesterday. Who was it? I asked this question. Jess Bays. She said the same. Yeah, Adele. That would be pretty that, cool. That would be cool. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and having a chat with me. It's been so nice to catch up with you and learn a little bit more about your background and everything that you've got going on. And I'm super excited for what's to come because, I mean, 2023 was massive, but I'm pretty sure 2024 is going to be even bigger. Let's, let's hope. And I see you in Ibiza. I know. I left Ibiza. I live in London now. Really? For good? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe you. I mean, for now, yeah. <laughs> just once the summer comes. Hey, Francis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. No, it was t- I've been there for 10 years. I needed a bit of a change. So I'm here now. Okay. So, Are yeah, you sure? let me... yeah mm, I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to adapt to this I play, crowd, I though. London. I, play London. I play an unannounced show sometime soon. And I play, I'm going to play Coco London on nice. April 20th. Okay, well, I'll come. I'll bring you a gift cool. so you can put me on guest list. We should do this in person. Yeah, I would love to. Would you love one? Probably be Yeah. Actually, Who I have, you? um, I have, I host, well, I'm launching another podcast for, um, um, another brand, which is, you know, the Instagram page Techno and House Music it has like 2 million followers. Okay. We're doing their podcast. And um, they're going to be all in person. So maybe we can do it for that brand instead. So yeah, now I've got this. yeah you want to do it? Absolutely. It's going to be really big. Right. Okay. Well, I have the WhatsApp group. I have the WhatsApp group anyway, so we can talk on that. Okay, cool. All right, my love. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, I'll be in touch. You. Take care of yourself. Stay warm. You do. I'll try. You too.